Good morning, good people. My name is Nikki, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from around the world to include the Netherlands, the United States, and Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome to season six of the podcast. With over nearly 60,000 downloads, the Black Girl Budget community is growing, and I'm glad you're here. So let's chat. We're almost in the middle of February and our million dollar challenge is going strong. We have 94 people on the million dollar team and our goal is to get 1,000 Black women to save $1,000 each over the course of the year. So at a bare minimum with 94 people on the team, we will save $94,000 this year and I'm so freaking excited. If you haven't joined the Million Dollar Team, you can do so by going to any link in my bio on social media and clicking on Join the Million Dollar Team. You can also do this by going to blackgirlbudget.com and click Join the Million Dollar Team right on the home page. As you join the team, I'm going to provide you with motivation throughout the year. You will also be able to check in with how much you have saved every month, and you will also know how many people we have on the team consistently throughout the year. An email is going to go out to the entire team this morning, so make sure you take a look and check in. I am so excited for us. Remember, you can join the team for free, so just go to that link in my bio. I will also put the link in the show notes. For the month of January, we saved $75, and for February, we are saving $90. I know, I know someone has already reminded me that $90 might be a lot since we have Valentine's Day and it's Black History Month, which I don't think I've actually said to y'all. So happy Black History Month. <laughs> um, February is one of the most expensive months for me. And if you know, you know, like me and Bay are always looking at each other like, why did we do all of this in February? This is crazy. Um, so just so you know, we're saving $90 this month. If you get paid once a month, then just save that $90 outright. As soon as you get that check, transfer that $90 to your account. If you get paid twice a month, then you're going to save $45 per paycheck. And if you get paid once a week, then save $22.50 per paycheck. You can get the full savings plan for the year from the Million Dollar Challenge magazine at blackgirlbudget.com. That magazine is going to give you information on the challenge. It's also going to give you motivation. And then it's going to give you that full savings plan in the magazine as well. Now, remember, there are a few rules to the Million Dollar Challenge. The first rule is that the money you save cannot go into your checking account. You have to give your money a purpose. And the last rule is you cannot take money out of that account before it hits $1,000. If you want more information, help, and motivation, again, grab the Million Dollar Challenge magazine from the Black Girl Budget website. Also, make sure you guys are following me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter for daily budgeting tips. All of my social media handles are Black Girl Budget. Just this week, we talked about the five financial boundaries with family and friends, different ways to track your expenses, and some of the reasons you might be overwhelmed by your finances. And we also talked about all the reasons why you should join the Million Dollar Challenge. So I'm going to need y'all to go check out all those videos and those posts. Also, I'm going to need y'all to join the Million Dollar Challenge. Um, I did get a question on TikTok. Somebody was like, hey, I'm brown. Can I still join the Million Dollar Challenge? And of course you can. Anyone can join the challenge. Um, I specifically want a thousand Black women to save a thousand dollars for a host of different reasons. But if we get people from 
different backgrounds, different groups. I don't care. I just want us to be saving. And again, uh, you can save this money for whatever you want to save it for. I had someone else on TikTok ask, um, are we investing it or are we just saving it? It's your decision. So where I might be saving for one reason, uh, you might be you know, investing yours or saving for a different reason. And it's really up to you. As long as you guys are learning how to save, how to be consistent and understanding that you don't have to save the same amount every single month. You can save a little different here, a little different there and still reach your overall goal. So yes, join the million dollar team and let's save a million dollars. <laughs> we also have our book challenge going on in 2023. For January, we are uh, we read We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And for February, we are reading Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money by Bola Sonkumbi, who is the founder of Clever Girl Finances. You can grab this book from Target, Amazon, and the Clever Girl Finance website, which is clevergirlfinance.com. Valentine's Day is around the corner and it is my favorite holiday because again, if you know, you know. So today we're going to talk about love languages, but for your money. <laughs> so we're actually talking about money languages today, not necessarily love languages. And money languages have a similar concept to love languages as in Everyone has one or two or a few, but these are for your finances. These languages are for your finances. Your money language can definitely affect your relationship, just like your love language. And we'll get into that a little later. But I know y'all are like, Nikki, for real, for real, what is a money language? <laughs> it's the personal language you use to express how you view money, how you feel about money and how money makes you feel and how you think money should be used. Understanding your own personal money language can help you create plans to reach your financial goals. When you don't understand your money language, you can find yourself wanting to accomplish certain goals, but ultimately doing something contrary with your money. Understanding your money language can also benefit you and your partner and or future partner. And believe it or not, your money language will have a major influence on your own children's money language. Now, some people say there are four money languages, but I recognize five languages, so let's get into them. The first language is that of the savers. This is probably very common for a lot of us and is common within our families. If you have the language of saving, you were probably taught this by your parents who were probably taught by their parents and so on. The saver is always saving and will always have money in their savings account, hopefully a high yield savings account, but savers might end up hoarding their money in a savings account. And that's because savers typically come in two varieties, right? The first one is that uh, maybe there's someone who's had some kind of traumatic financial experience that would not have been as traumatic had they saved more money or the experience itself, like losing a lot of money that maybe they invested, uh, because of that, they are only comfortable with saving as opposed to doing literally anything else with their money. The second kind of saver is someone who may have grown up in an environment where there was a lack of funds or resources. So saving money is the most important thing to them, not to mention they really want to make sure that they can see their money and that it isn't too far out of their reach. So those typically are kind of the two savers that we have. Now, the pros of this language is that you should have no problem joining the Million Dollar Challenge. <laughs> you need to be on the team because you enjoy saving. But seriously, your emergency fund is likely stacked and you'll always have money in the bank. The cons is that you may have to watch out for thinking that 
All you can do is save money. Savers might also think that they're never going to make enough money to do anything besides saving. Remember, once you save so much money, it's going to be time for you to shift and start paying some of the stuff off, like start paying off some of the debt that you have or and start investing your money. Once you save, there's I mean, there's no such thing as saving too much. But once you save a certain amount, you really do want to shift the energy that you're sending in your finances from saving to somewhere else that can also elevate your finances. Having this as your money language isn't bad. And in fact, I would say everyone should speak a little bit of the saving language. <laughs> but just remember that you can do more than save, even if you've had some experiences that make you a little nervous to reach outside of your comfort zone when it comes to your finances. The second money language is the complete opposite of the savers. And yes, I'm talking to all of our spenders out there. These are our people who speak the language of flexing. <laughs> Spending is all they know or all they prioritize for a number of reasons to include they grew up watching their family spend money like it was going out of style. Uh, number two, maybe they see it as a form of validation and the stuff that they buy is more important than saving, investing, paying off debt, or financial stability. In fact, people with this language may have been taught that as long as you have groceries and all of your bills are paid for the month, the leftover money is literally there for you to spend on whatever you want. <laughs> or their experiences have shown them that buying things can get them love and or friends. If your language is spending, you may have a lot to work out with why you prioritize spending. And this is going to be a really great conversation to have with your therapist. <laughs> it could also be a lack of financial literacy. So joining our reading challenge this year will help you come up with other ways to use your money. Don't get me wrong, though. Spenders know how to enjoy the money they've worked for and earned. And this can actually be quite the challenge for savers because they tend to feel a little guilt about doing anything outside of saving. If you're a spender, make sure your spending habits are not getting in the way of your financial goals. You may really want to buy a house, but instead you continue to spend your money on your favorite hobbies or your travel destinations. The third money language is not like the savers and not like the spenders, but kind of the opposite of those. <laughs> this language is that of risk taking. These are the people who are all into taking risk, which usually looks like investing in the stock market, but like with a high risk factor, right? On, on that one to five scale, they're at a high five. <laughs> it may also look like investing in business opportunities that come along and maybe even gambling. Investing is very beneficial when it comes to increasing our net worths and building wealth. So there's definitely pros to having this as your money language. And yet there are also cons. The main con with this money language is that you might find yourself in the middle of a pyramid scheme or something similar <laughs> because you are so willing to accept risks that come with many different opportunities. And if you find yourself throwing money at every business opportunity, you could find your pockets empty. Now, we'll get into the last two money languages right after this commercial break. It's a new year, but you're still feeling stressed, anxious, and down about your finances. It's time to make a change. You want to organize your finances and start using the tips from Black Girl Budget, then you need to start with the How to Budget course. You can get this course from the Black Girl Budget website under resources. It's an on-demand course that will teach you how to create a budget, how to add your goals into your budget, and the various budgeting strategies. 
to keep your finances organized, get the ultimate budget blueprint as well, and start putting your favorite black girl budget tips to work today. Of the five money languages so far, we've talked about our savers, very common, our spenders, I feel like those are also pretty common, and our risk takers. Next up is the language of manifestation. Manifestors are very different from the savers, the spenders, and the risk takers because they don't necessarily have a definitive plan to reach their financial goals, but they are manifesting the outcome nonetheless. <laughs> Manifestors may not see investing and saving as a big deal because they are relying on God and or the universe to provide. Manifestors are truly living their best life. If your money language is manifesting, you might also find more value in the relationships around you because those relationships provide everything you need. So you prioritize nurturing those relationships over everything else. If this is your money language, please let me know how anxiety doesn't affect you because this is essentially just vibes. <laughs> and so the last money language is that of the givers. These are the people who are really enjoying giving to others. They support their family and or they really enjoy being philanthropic and charitable. I love this money language because giving is so important, especially when you are in a place to give without affecting your own financial stability. And speaking of that, that brings us to the cons of this money language. Giving is amazing, right? But giving to our detriment is not. Some givers are supporting others, like family members, when they really cannot afford it. But there's that sense of guilt if they don't actually support the family members. This kind of giving might be cultural where the oldest child maybe is expected to take care of the parents and the younger siblings when they start their career. Some people are often guilted into this kind of giving by their family. And of course, we're talking about family members who have the ability to support themselves, but refuse to do that. Another thing that givers have to keep in mind is whether or not they are giving in order to receive acceptance, respect, or some kind of emotional connection. Giving with the expectation or hope that you will receive love, respect, or acceptance can be detrimental when you give but do not receive. So let's recap. The five money languages are saving, spending, risk-taking, manifesting, and giving. Comment and let me know which one of these is your money language or which combination of languages are yours. Now, we also have to talk about how your money language affects your budget and your life. Your budget is your plan for your income, expenses, and goals. And if you didn't know that, you need to get the How to Budget course from the Black Girl Budget website to learn more about incorporating your goals into your budget. As you budget, you need to execute your goals and elevate your finances but your money language can really affect your budget. If you are a spender, it will be challenging for you to save, take risks, and give because the focus is on spending. This may also be a problem in your relationship if your spending habits start to affect the household finances and the household goals. If it's time for you to move on to the next phase of your finances, like investing or buying a home, this could be hard if your language is saving, spending, or manifesting. And if you really need to save money right now to get that sense of financial peace, the money language of spending, risk-taking, and giving will make that goal a little hard to reach as well. So how can we incorporate our money language into our finances to benefit us? The answer is to have 
balance. Most of us probably have a combination of money languages, but some of us may have one strong money language. Whether you have a combination or just one language, finding that balance is going to be important. You create that balance by recognizing which language is yours, not going to the extreme, and acknowledging and or working through any fears or trauma that you might have. This includes getting you a therapist. And you also need to create a plan that accounts for your money language. If your language is spending, instead of creating a budget without a line item for spending money, create a budget that allows you to spend money every month, but not go to the extreme. So for example, if you're used to spending $800 a month on literally just yourself, but you recognize that you don't have a savings and you aren't investing, adjust the spending item in your budget to $600. Just to get started, nothing too big. We go from $800 to $600. And once you've created that balance and you're used to spending $600 as opposed to $800, then you can reduce it to $500 if necessary, just to catch up with that savings plan that you have and that investing goal that you have. You can also learn from someone who has the complete opposite language of you. Talk to your partner, your sibling, your bestie, and or your parents about the different ways their money language has shaped their finances and how they've used their money language to their benefit. Understanding your money language will help you recognize your habits and areas to focus on. It's also good to recognize the languages that you never use and have never used and really never expected to use. <laughs> so for example, if you are not a giver, it's just not in your wheelhouse, not your money language, make it a goal in the near future to start giving once you've reached one of your financial goals, whether it's saving, investing, whatever that is, consider being a giver as well in addition to, right? I personally think we should all strive to be givers once we've created our own financial stability. So don't be scared to go outside of your comfort zone and dibble and dabble into different money languages to find how you can create that balance within your finances. Your money language is really going to help you and your partner understand each other. It's going to help you and your kids understand each other. And it's really going to help you understand who you are. So take some time today to figure out which money language or money languages are yours and how you can use them to your benefit. And also take some time to figure out which money language you do not connect with at all and whether or not you can incorporate that into your finances and your budgeting lifestyle so you can figure out the best way to balance all of your languages. Now, of course, before we end today's episode, I need to give a few shout outs. So shout out to a mittener who has been hitting her goals left and right and staying focused on paying off her credit cards over the last year or so. Every so often she will hit me up like, Nikki, I paid off this credit card. I've got two more. I'm almost done paying off my car. She has been killing it. I'm so proud of her. And I just want you to keep going hard because by the end of this year, I know you have the last two credit cards paid off and you'll be focused on your card note. So good luck to you. I also want to give a shout out to Ebony who hit me up on Instagram and she said that the Black Girl Budget content has really given her confidence and helped her see what she can do with her finances. And I love that the content is helping all of you. And before I forget, I am so excited to be speaking at the National Coalition of 100 Black Women's, the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. chapters, 
Systernomics Education Series this upcoming week, February 15th. Please join us from 7 to 8.30 p.m. for the kickoff of their virtual Wealthy Wednesday Education Series. Of course, yours truly will be there and I will be talking about personal finances and budgeting and you can register. I will put the link in the show notes. So this is virtual. I want to see everybody there. If you have good news you want to share with the Black Girl Budget community, you can send it to me in a DM on Instagram, or you can email it to me at info at blackgirlbudget.com. And if you have questions you want to be answered by Black Girl Budget, you can send them in a DM or email. And I will talk to you all next week.